Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon. We still haven't figured out when we want to do these. Joe Biden, I think he said yesterday that no one has accomplished more in year one. No president has accomplished more in year one than any other president. I think he asked that sort of rhetorically. Name me a president that's that's accomplished more in his first year than I have. Which, I mean, is a laughable proposition given the fact that he's sitting at a 33% approval rating. So the idea that he thinks that everything is going swimmingly and would actually try to project that when only 33% of the country agrees, a pretty laughable proposition. But they all do it, right? They all, every president does it. Trump did that a ton. I can remember Trump in my uh, in my head. Actually, there's a clip. He won the presidency. This that is Trump a, in Wisconsin. That was a great day. After, after he had won in 2017. That was a great day, and thank you, Wisconsin. No administration has accomplished more in the first 90 days. That includes on military, on the border, on trade, on regulation. On law enforcement, we love our law enforcement. So they all do it, right? Obama did the same thing. They all claim. One of these days, a boy can dream, can he? One of these days, a president might actually just wrap up year one by saying something to the effect of, uh, I kept the trains running on time, and I got government off your back. Kept it there. Kept it off your back. Maybe. You know, protected you from any prospective terrorist threats, but by and large, provided you with the conditions to do what the American people do well. One of these days, maybe a president in our lifetime gives the country credit for success uh, rather than, the, than rather than themselves. But um, I doubt it. Which kind of brings us to Fauci. I mean, it's tough for these guys. They sit around being surrounded by pictures and news articles and newscasts all about them. It's impossible not to develop an ego. Of course, here Fauci, yesterday he was uh, caught, not caught, I guess he released it. New York Post has a story. Uh, a peek inside Dr. Anthony Fauci's home home office reveals that he's surrounded by images of of himself, <clears throat> including his own bobblehead. <laughs> Can you imagine a doctor having their own bobblehead and a life size portrait of the wall uh, of himself on the wall? And it's true. The picture we've got it up on the website on the foramerica.org website. I mean, there's a picture of him, I guess, doing an interview. He's wearing a hoodie. Maybe he's just doing a meeting. But to his left is, his, is a massive portrait of himself staring at himself. And then to his right, there's more images of, of himself. They're all positioned to look at Fauci, including the bobblehead itself. So this just goes to show you the kind of ego that this, that this guy brings to the pandemic, you're certainly not going to, uh, with that kind of praise that he surrounds himself with, it's just almost going to be impossible to shake him off of his position, science be damned. 
So it's just, it's just, I think it's just incredibly important for the Republicans in 2022 to, uh, to have part of their agenda to just straight up kneecap him and his power. Have to. We need a new, fresh set of eyes on this pandemic completely. And the British realized this. Boris Johnson yesterday announced that they're basically getting rid of everything. All the mandates, all the restrictions. They're going back to uh, to base baseline zero. What's their understanding? I mean, their data is much better than ours. Um, for whatever odd reason. Maybe it's I mean, probably, I mean, for the most part, they have a much smaller sample size and much smaller population to try to deal with. So as you're trying to figure out a nationwide response, um, you know, imagine 50 Great Britons and trying to come up with a public policy solution to 50 Great Britons. They don't have that cross to bear. So the data is, for them, is a lot easier to maintain, uh, easier to digest. But what they've realized is that nothing seems to stop the transmission of Omicron. Nothing. And best to just get it over with and deal with it. So they made the decision to, uh, to punt on all of their restrictions, which was a terrific speech. Now, part of his motivation, Boris Johnson's motivation to do it for doing that is that he got busted cold uh, having, a, having a party. And they, they, you know, half the country just wants to throw him out uh, you know, on his rear end because they were, they were on lockdown and he was having wine and cheese parties um, at the uh, prime minister residence. But I want to point you to attention to this clip that went around. This is a, a British news program. Now, this girl, she's 18 years old, and she's reacting to the announcement. And um, her breakdown is, is incredible. I mean, she basically describes her experience and I, you know, look, it's tough to, I know some, te- I know a lot of teachers are trying to make the best of this. And I know a lot of the kids are trying to make the best of this. Now she's 18 years old. She's, you know, her mental capacities are by and large fully formed. Now put yourself in the position of an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old. And what she's describing is, you know, she says, you know, some of these kids that are shy, maybe sit in the back of the room, they were just abandoned. And the teacher spent the majority of their time policing mask wearing rather than teaching. There she is. See, this comes as a brilliant bit of happiness for me. I don't actually think I can stop smiling when I'm talking. It's about time. Obviously, uh, you just said earlier, the one that makes me the happiest is the face masks in schools. There was zero evidence for those face masks to be in schools. There have been studies that show that because of the types of face masks that we, because uh, I'm going to say we, because I was in schools when all of these policies were enacted, the face masks that we would have are not medical grade face masks, therefore they would make no difference to transmission. But what I found out when I was in the classroom and most commentators have never been able to speak on this because they quite frankly didn't experience it. So you can hear it from me the first. 
There were teachers that were sitting there that would, you know, be yelling at the poor year sevens about their face masks more than they would be teaching them. Those shy kids that would sit in the back of the class that would never speak, it was a massive barrier to them to impact their learning. They were already terrified, didn't want to speak out, and now they've got an, another barrier to engaging their learning. Communication problems were impossible. I'm going to be honest with you, most of the time when we were in school, we took them off because we couldn't hear each other. They couldn't hear us, we couldn't hear them. You're in schools to learn, and the damage that they have done to my generation has been unbelievable. Like, we sat, I sat there in, in August. The damage what's done? And so, I mean, the, the rest of the panel is just letting her go because she's obviously going to show a, a ton of emotion here coming up. They've done to the rest of our lives, to our education. I sat there in August and literally watched my future crumble in front of my eyes. Because Tell me why. Well, they cancelled my exams. So I got my exams cancelled once, went back and thought, no, you know what, this is not on. I'm not getting screwed over by the algorithm. I'm better than this. Got there, they cancelled them again. And I thought, nothing I can do anymore. So I, this makes me so angry. And she goes. She starts to break down. It literally ruined our lives. And nobody, sp nobody spoke about it at all. And the commentators, they had union reps come on and say, this is what the school should have put in place. And they didn't care about what this did to us. And this is the first time I've ever spoken about it on TV because I knew that I'd cry about it. But I literally watched and felt like my entire life was falling apart because of what this government did to young people. And nobody cares. Not one person has cared about children in this pandemic. They think, oh, let's throw... Why are we putting masks on them where people can go to football stadiums and they can go to theatres and play Nadim Zahawi sitting there at the teaching walls with no masks and yet we're disrespecting kids? This pandemic will finish. The damage this has done for us is forever. And we'll never get it back. She's absolutely right. Um, especially at the last point, which I don't think we've taken as seriously as we should have. You know, we celebrated the fact that things started to open up. I mean, look at the playoff games in the NFL over the weekend and the games coming up this weekend. Those stadiums are going to be packed to the gills with fans, maskless, which is great. It's great. Uh, meanwhile, all of our kids have to go to school in mass. In my particular school, it's there's a hallway that connects to the church that I send my kids to. And you can go to mass uh, in the church. And the bishop has sort of decreed that he did this a couple months ago. But he said, look, there's not going to be any mask. You don't have to wear a mask, M-A-S-K, in mass, M-A-S-S. -S. And you're not going to be turned away. You're not going to be asked for your vaccination status. Um, you're not going to be told to leave. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically he just said, hey, come on, come on in, come shoulder to shoulder, and celebrate the mass with us. Down the hall, every kid and administrator literally separated by 15 feet, you have to wear a mask. Now, you get into you know, who has jurisdictional authority. Does the school, does the, um, does the county, does the state. But this gets into 
and why a guy like Glenn Youngkin wins in a blue state. The jurisdictional authority belongs to the parents. Belongs to, it is up to the parents to decide what level of risk they want to allow their children to undertake. And that was the thrust of why he won. Now he's gotten rid of the mass mandate. He's given them eight days, so that was since Saturday. So I guess it's going to be, let's see, one, two, three. I think it's uh, January the 24th. And already, you know, the Virginia, northern Virginia counties are balking. And, of course, when former Governor Northam threw down his mandate, well, you had to honor it. But new Governor Yunkin removes that mandate. Oh, you don't have to honor it. You know, where's the sense in that? There's none. And... And so that's stateside in Virginia. But this girl over over in Great Britain, she's dealing with the same type of situations. What sense does it make to mask these kids while on television, you know, their parents are sitting down watching sports or attending games or going out to restaurants. And you don't have to because they're adults and the kids are not. And don't give me the crap about status of the vaccine for kids. The public policy position should have been that we are one team, one goal. That if we can't find one for the kids, then we're going to hold off. Because the kids are the most important. And if, it, if we know anything about these so-called vaccines, it's been a struggle for them, for the vaccines to, to prevent transmission. And I say that because, I say it that way because you, know, you, got, you have to be careful of the liberal so-called fact-checkers. But I think it's the most accurate way I can put it is that it has been a struggle for the vaccine to prevent Transmission, particularly Omicron. But Great Britain understands that there's really no stopping it. Um, the island is sick and tired of being locked down. And they're going to waive all the mass stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like um, Brexit all over again, except a little bit of a minor on a smaller scale. You know, Virginia elects Yunkin, Great Britain gets rid of the gets rid of their man, mandates. But you can tell there's going to be you know parents at each other's throats near the Washington D.C. area. And if you're outside of Washington in a in a normal place, probably red, just be thankful. Be thankful. Thank you, lucky stars. Um, pray that it stays that way. It's been a nightmare for parents uh, and children. I mean, the age group of like six to nine, six to ten, forget it. Do they do they even know what it was like 
to go to school without masks. Some of them don't. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, whose wife is a school teacher. And she explained to him, he explained it to me, that like the foreign kids, the English says a second language kids, forget it. Um, not only are they failing, um, this is, again, this is in the public system, but not only are they failing, but they're, getting, they're, they're just getting straight up zeros. Because they're, you know, all the teachers are wearing masks, they can't even translate it. All, so imagine, imagine being dumped in Spain, not knowing Spanish, and you're tasked with learning the language. And you have to learn the language while everybody is wearing a mask. It's impossible. It, it, now imagine that you're seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. It's impossible. You're not retaining concepts. You're not absorbing. You know, uh, uh, I think one subject matter that's probably avoided all this if it's taught even remotely properly, has been math. Because numbers, you know, numbers, you can look at a number and it doesn't need to wear a mask. But literature, reading, writing, science, anything that really requires an oral presentation from the teacher itself. Um, These, we've, We've just, we've done a terrible disservice. Meanwhile, the architect of this stuff, the architect of these shutdowns is sitting around doing Zoom calls with paintings of himself plastered all over his wall, looking down on him. That's the architect of this. So if I'm the Republicans, I blow right through that Biden press conference. Blow right through it. The guy's sitting at a 33% approval rating. Ignore him. Now, one thing I would agree with Biden, he, he, he made the claim, he made two claims that were somewhat similar. One was Republicans don't have an agenda. What are their ideas? And then two, Mitch McConnell doesn't have an agenda. What are his, what are his ideas? I'd agree with the latter. Now, there's a, a, a chock full of, a ton of Republicans who have all sorts of agendas. Some are more aggressive, some are more correct than others. But surely you've read them. I mean, even, even McCarthy has one. Scalise has one. Jim Banks has one. Ted Cruz has one. Rand Paul has his. You can pull any one of them out of a closet. Blow some dust off of it and go. They're largely similar. They attack you know, most of the same issues. So the Republican Party is chock full of agenda items. McConnell's a different beast altogether. He doesn't, he basically said publicly, I'll let you know what my agenda is if I'm in control. So I'll give Biden points for that one. As much as I hate to agree with him on anything, I agree with him that sort of the uh, titular head of the Republican Party in the Senate does not have an agenda and he likes to admit that he doesn't. Um, it's too keep by half. 
Um, and, you know, that's McConnell talking to the, uh, the swamp, making sure that the swamp is comfortable with an ascending Mitch McConnell. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to put you in your status, you know, in, in any of your lobbying efforts in any sort of peril. Keep the money coming. Um, so I'll give Biden points for that one. Other than that, the press conference was a joke. And he clearly does not have the stamina for such things. And the fact that the fact that some guys in the press are like, wow, that, that wasn't that, that bad. And, um, you know, he showed that he had stamina. Okay. That is a low, low, low bar. So, I'm the Republicans after yesterday. Keep forging ahead. Um, be more aggressive on what you want to do for this country. Be the party of parents. Be the party of parents. Don't let, that is the thing that the Democrats are most afraid of. I think Stephanie Cutter said that a couple months ago. We can't let the Republicans be the party of parents. Then do exactly what she feared. Stephanie Cutter was the, uh, I think she was a former press secretary for Obama. I can't remember. Commerce director? can't remember. Doesn't matter. But she's got a good eye for this stuff. She knows that if the Republican Party becomes the party of parents, then the Democrat Party is toast. Then their sort of base becomes a very dwindling 33%. And it becomes just the party of spoiled, whiny kids. Which is what James Carville has also warned about. He's the architect of Bill Clinton's win. And he got a lot of heat from Democrat circles because he said that the Democrats need to stop being the, 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 the whiny party. And he's right. He's right about what they need to stop doing. He's right about what, who they are. That's the, that is the Biden White House. That's all that, that's who he surrounds himself with. Whiny sycophants. So, keep, you know, the Republicans need to seize the moment here, though. And do everything in their power. To forge ahead on COVID, take a page out of Boris Johnson's playbook, not the parties, but the other stuff. Go one by one and get rid of as many mandates as you can. Understand that the 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 British science on on COVID is a lot better than ours. We've documented quite a bit of that about why that is. It's junk. I'd like to know what the data is on Omicron deaths for anyone under the age of 75 with no comorbidity. And let and let and then and then let Biden let Biden whine about elections and let him tie himself in knots about elections. Let him complain that they're not going to be legitimate. Um, what hypocrisy on that one? That he's you know, unless there's a federal takeover elections of elections. 
the 2022 midterms are not going to be legitimate. Don't play, don't play defense and say, yes, they are. We're not racist. I saw John Thune yesterday, South Dakota Republican, on the floor. I am not a racist. <sighs> How defensive could you possibly be? Put them on offense. Go on offense. Challenge the Democrats. And we've, we've been going through, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the For America channels is show us someone who cannot vote. Give us a name. Any name who can't vote. We just like some, someone who is eligible to vote in this country who simply cannot. Demanded. I mean, if I if I the Republicans yesterday at that voting rights bill that ended ended up dying, I wouldn't have gone through all the rigmarole of trying to defend yourself that you're not a racist and you're not this and you're not that, and you're not trying to suppress the vote and you're not trying to. That's playing it on their terms. I would have gone to the floor, every single one of them, all fifty of them. I would have gone to the floor representing their state, and I would have said, "I is I I, I will wait here." Now, tell Chuck Schumer, tell the Democrats, show me the name of one person who cannot vote. And we'll wait. And I just would have sat there waiting. And on national television. They should do that every day, really. Show me the name of one person who can't do it. Who wants to vote, is eligible to vote, and cannot vote. Just That's it. Just one. And I would have just challenged the Democrats. To just you know go scurrying off to try to find the name of one person, they can't. They can't. So ditch all this crap about you know you're that you're not a racist and you're and you're you're, you're trying to safeguard the integrity of the elections. And I've heard the tagline, uh, what is it? What, what's easy to vote, hard to cheat? Okay, that sounds great, but to me it's. Sh- Challenge the Democrats to show you the name of one person who cannot vote. And then get out of the way as they can't. I guess we should take a break. All right? See you later. Are you done for, like, that episode? I mean, I could have just kept on riffing. I don't know how good that was, but... Um, first 20 minutes... COVID stuff? Yeah. The girl? Like How long was that? Slow. We're at the 